An increased chance of thunderstorms and showers. Early morning should start off into the upper 70s, low 80s, with a 50-50 chance tomorrow and go on to an afternoon high to the upper 80s to lower 90s. Showers and thunderstorms will be coming our way Saturday and Sunday. Each afternoon's high temperatures will be into the upper 80s. There will be some low pressure moving into the eastern Gulf that'll bear watching. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for youth. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs and dangerous things like metals into your body. And nicotine, which can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. Hey, welcome to another edition of The Food Show. This is the thing that we are most famous for. People come in from all over the place after hearing it a little bit, trying to figure out what's it all about exactly, uh, all of this eating on the air. Uh, it's easy enough. Come on over and uh, give us your abilities and what you've liked and uh, tell us what's going on. Uh, there's always new food coming in and leaving. And uh, we'd like to hear your thoughts about this. Our telephone number is 556-966. Oh, you were so almost, almost close. It was so close. 9666. 5566697. I got close. 5569696. Oh man, I yeah. thought you were going to do it. Terribly sorry. I thought was, you were going to do it at that time. Yeah. Pulling for you. Well, Hi, folks. I'm Marianne, the wife. That's Marianne, who she has not heard yet. Someone who keeps Tom really straight, or at least right exactly to. now. Yeah. And she is here too. Hi. Hi. TGIF. Yeah, it could happen. No, it, it is happening. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, there you are. Well, what I was thinking of, about well, to bring up uh, uh-huh. that possibility yeah. is the great number of uh, possibilities of uh, dining around. Here in our program, yeah, it's uh, like the last uh, last weekend for culinary, culinary, the culinary. culinary. Well, I mean, except for Pelican Club. Pelican oh. Club keeps theirs going. They're going all the way into mm-hmm. Rebion this year. So, well, here we are, and but, uh, uh, we've been doing it. Everybody else is quitting. It's been a uh, strange uh, weekend, uh, for in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, it's just like uh, what we have always done here. <clears throat> and uh, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, by the time we're uh, been doing this a long time, so yeah, thirty-two years. So uh, Tom Fitzmorris, that's Seems me. Like yesterday, and Marianne is here, and uh, and then we get going, and the that car that I've been hearing about for <laughs> years since I moved here in this part of uh, the area uh, was about. Uh, Does four, anyone wonder what almost, my life is like off the air? Go ahead. And uh, there was uh, one of the other guys who, uh, and late girls too, uh-huh. uh, were looking to, to build these things. This yeah. uh, special uh, 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 microphone so we could tell what you were up to. Well, we ah. did it. Okay. And then we got back to kind of like a normal people. So uh, <laughs> there we were. I don't think anyone would ever accuse us of being normal people, Tom. Well, uh, I don't think that you might is have something possible there. at all. Hi, folks. I'm going to start the show. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. So we went last night. It was yeah. a beautiful day. 
uh, oh. it was starting, what? Uh-oh. It was getting to be uh, fall, you know, and it's starting to feel like fall and evening. And so for people who are not married to Tom, uh, it's lovely to sit outside and eat dinner. So we, I thought, let's go to the lake house and sit out the by lake the house. lake. Now you talk about and one of the so places that's so nice to know. we did go to the lake house, but did not sit out by the lake. But uh, other people did, and they had a very nice time. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. the food was spectacularly good, as it always is. By spectacular, let me say, it's not like this is the greatest meal of my life. That's not what it is. It is, however, very good food. And uh, it's very well done. And the chef, Peter Kusiv, is a really creative chef and we always enjoy going there. I was very disappointed to hear two things. One that our favorite waitress Helen is not there now. She's oh well this happens. The COVID situation uh, freaked her a little bit so she's taking some time off um, and I hope that she comes back because we always love for her to be our server. And uh, the second thing that I learned, well, actually a third thing, too, was one of the, the our server was, in fact, uh, Cayman's niece, which uh, was interesting, because that's an interesting family, too, and I was, uh, I was happy to meet her. But the big thing that I learned is yes. that the brunch uh, that I love, love, love there is suspended in COVID world. So we have not been there and attempted to go there for, gosh, now six months, I guess, which is really odd for us, but uh, it is not going right now. It's, they, they still are open on Sunday, but it's a la carte. So I look forward to the day that that returns because every time I uh, go there, I feel like I'm at some glamorous wedding. And, you know, the white tents are out there with the glamorous food, and it's just so pleasant. So we look forward to the return of the buffet brunch at Lake House. I hope it does return, because a, a lot of things go away in these times, and then they don't return, and that will make me very, very sad if yeah. they don't return. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a really wonderful uh, uh, setup. I know that whenever... Uh, before we were working hard all the time when we were just moving around and loving our lives, <laughs> although I do both at the same time. I, uh, uh, going to the lakefront there is just something, and looking at them across the street there, it's just perfection. Uh -huh. It was and really nice. So, uh, it was very nice. It would have been nicer if we'd been outside, but it was nice. Anyway, yeah. uh, we did have a couple of good things. Oh, uh, Pete well, sent us. out... Peter Kusiv sent out his crab cake, which is, okay, it's not my favorite kind of crab cake, which is the Maryland crab cake, which if you see it on a menu is in the neighborhood of $22. Usually that's the price that I always see on the real crab cake that I'm looking for, $22. That's kind of the standard. So if you see it for less than that, the chances are it's not that kind of crab cake. That doesn't mean it's not good. I mean, the ball of stuffed crab that is coated and deep fried is still really good. 
it's a little expensive too, but not this too wasn't much. at all. It was fourteen dollars. It uh -huh. was a plate of food that could have been an entree. It was a large, like a softball of crab meat and deep fried. And then it came on a delicious sauce of uh, it was a makshu with the andouille chopped. Thank you, with chopped andouille, and it was just really, really good. It was really good, and it was fourteen dollars, and that was kind of a steal for that. I thought it was good. Um, this you is quite got, a menu. Well, he brought both of those out before oh. we even ordered anything. And then um, I got a salad because I've not eaten too many of those lately. So I got their wedge, which I think is unique and really good. It's not the standard chunk of iceberg, which is not a bad thing. I mean, I, I like the chunk of iceberg uh, with the blue cheese dressing like anybody else. But I, bib lettuce to me is, is the pinnacle. It's hard to beat bib lettuce. And so this is a, it was like a, it was a wedge of bib lettuce with a buttermilk dressing, which is always delish, with uh, really thick bacon and, you know, you know, the usual, the usual suspects on a uh, wedge salad. But it was good. It was really good to be on the bib lettuce. And then you got something that he's made for you before, so I don't know why you didn't try something else, but it is really good. It's his bouillabaisse. That's something I had yesterday uh, for my uh, dinner, and uh, that's something I really like. You get your fries. <laughs> it may not seem any big deal, but that's a dish that it's required to have that. You have a lot of different seafoods, uh, spicy red sauce goes in there. It's kind of spicy, as I sent related. Uh, but uh, then you go into it, uh, and then uh, he had a pile of fries, which were obviously fresh cut. Yep. Not among the top tier of that item. Yeah. I mean, there are some people that really have a knack for that, and those are outstandingly good. I think Oxlot Nine does a great mm -hmm. job with that. I think. Um, Bar Francis might only, be my favorite in town. Hmm? That there's only one problem that you might run into, but if you can just be calm about it, things will work out. Uh, of getting a table, or even getting a spot on the uh, the uh, zip, uh, at at, at the pop, lake house. At the what? At the lake house. At the lake house. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of tables. They have a lot of tables, but sometimes it's hard to get tables. I, I mean, don't... to sit down and because it's a buffet. And sometimes well, that buffet goes back, it seems like, for weeks. Uh, everybody wants it, of course, so a big deal. Except you. But anyway, we like it. Okay, we'll take a break now, and right we will be right back. 556-9696 is the number. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180, with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home, and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. 
Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home Cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught Des Almonds catfish. And the seafood boat, Carnival Time Lounge, has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304 one four six nine. Autumn in New York. Why does it seem so inviting? It was mm-hmm. autumn in New York, nineteen years ago today. Remember that beautiful blue sky? Beautiful, beautiful blue sky. Great weather, and uh, then a really um, life-altering for everyone in this country event. It is the anniversary of nine eleven, and this is not a show to talk about depressing thing, so I just want to note it because it is notable. Uh, it's the anniversary of something a little bit nicer that made your blood run cold, though, in 2001. It's um, actually... <laughs> it's a good one. I've, I've always enjoyed it. I'm just reading on and I'm thinking, what? Okay, no, this is, uh, that's what you said about 9-11, but... Um, President uh, Hamid Karzai cut the ribbon on a new Coca-Cola bottling plant over in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense at all, Tom. Is that really true? Is that really true? Is what true? Never mind. I, I, have, to, I have to see if that's really true. I'm looking at your almanac, and sometimes I'm starting to doubt some of the things that I see in it. In other moments, in 2005, the levee breach of the 17th Street Canal responsible for a large percentage of the flooding in New Orleans following Hurricane Katrina was finally closed permanently after only 12 days. All that was left was to drain the 80% of the city still flooded in depths measured by feet. Okay, these are depressing things. I'm going to move on to, oh, well, that's another one, too, for the people in, uh, in Sicily. What's depressing? The volcano Stromboli going mm-hmm. off in 1930 probably wasn't all that uh, happy stuff for them, too. Okay, let's move on to food. Today is National Steak Tartare Day. I know steak you like tartar. steak tartare. Now, there's something home that hardly anybody serves in New Orleans. Yeah. You uh, know why? Very, very few. What? <laughs> you know why? Because <laughs> you have to be a real gourmet to eat it. You have to be a real gourmet to eat it. Hmm. I know you like steak tartare. Who has a good one, Tom, in town? Around town, there's almost nobody. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there are some that you would, if you were to ask them, they would do it for you, deli-style style, uh, things. And uh, What also, is a deli-style te- steak tartare? What? There is nothing about steak tartare that in any way resembles anything you would get in a deli, I think. Those are two culinary oxymorons, if I ever heard them. 
Steak tartare. Who who does Wrong a good beef. one, Tom? Well, I, yeah, I know what it is. There's a little uh, little in the way of of fiddling around with the flavors, but uh, what you've come for is the free. Uh, so who was nuts. doing it table side? There were people who table used it, to do table well, side that, steak Louis tartare. Was was famous for that. Yeah. And also, did anybody else do it? Brennan's on Royal Street in the old days, not the current new new uh -huh. people. They uh, did it too. And Brennan's, uh, I'm sorry, but just straight ahead, Brennan's, they didn't like doing it particularly, but the, if you nudged them a little bit, they would do it for you. Wouldn't you say that steak tartare fell out of vogue when um, they, and I put that in quotes, those those hovering people uh, told everyone that um, raw beef is not something you should eat. Didn't steak tartare sort of go out of vogue then? Mm -hmm. uh, you might be able to get it, but uh, it's one of those things that I think people either want some a little excitement or they know exactly how it should be and they get up there and they just kind of with their mental force. What, what's in steak tartare? Basically a steak no, tartare. No, if you took steak, if I, if I was sitting with you mm -hmm. and you ordered steak tartare yeah. and it came to the table uh -huh. on a plate yeah. and I grabbed it with my uh -huh. hand and threw right. it on a grill, it would be a hamburger, wouldn't it? Uh, some people would uh, think that and go on that, but oftentimes the restaurant that is the one who's uh, been subject of the query there and they look at it a little bit and then the, the chef and who else and the customer uh, say do you know that's and realize that they're dealing with something that's a rare product and they've got to figure it out pretty much on your own because the rest of it is kind of asking for a lot for especially for people who it's just you know have just started uh, uh, getting involved with well it's got egg in it, but it doesn't have breadcrumbs in it. So I guess I was going to say it's more like a meatloaf, but it doesn't have breadcrumbs. So uh, it would be kind of like a, a hamburger, really, more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, well, I would look at it, it that way. But it's got the, onions in it, salt and it, pepper. You, it, you can do it that way. But to, well, there's egg, a lot of variability. I don't really think so. You really think there's that much variability in it? What? You really bit. think there is a wide range of variability in a steak tartare? I don't think so. You know what I'm going to do? I'm looking at the joy of cooking on the shelf there, and I'm going to pull it up in a minute or two and look and see about steak tartare. Speaking of variability, last night at the lake house, because yeah. we had been talking ad nauseum about barbecue shrimp, it was on the menu and it behooved me to get it. So okay. I got the barbecue shrimp and it was definitely, it was delicious. It was heavy on the Worcestershire. I could taste the Worcestershire. It was creamy. It, it was different than what you expect to see in barbecue shrimp because usually it's more like a, well, it's more like straight butter, but this was, it was really good. It was cream. There was cream in it. So there were it was a nice presentation, too. It was, um, I don't know, about eight or nine shrimp. It wasn't a lot of peeling because there were no heads on it. And it was in quite a substantial bit of, well, sauce is what it was. And uh, there was some grilled bread with it. It was, it was good. It was really, really good. Okay. So you got your bouillabaisse. 
I did, and, and, and quite I a got, few other things too. And I got the barbecue shrimp. Yeah, but I'm going to ask you. Uh, we, we, you can do your, what you want to say, but there was something else that came up yesterday that we were trying to figure out, and we didn't quite get it. So I'll tell you in a minute. Go back. Yeah, to before you before you launch into that, I wanted to say that your bouillabaisse was served with French fries, which isn't actually traditional for bouillabaisse. Is it? You could, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, you will. You, you serve fries with muscles. You serve fries with muscles. Yeah. So your bouillabaisse had rice in the bottom of it, and then did you ask for those fries, Tom? Did you ask? Yeah. You well, asked actually, for fries. the, the uh, manager of the place, or actually it was the chef. It was a, it, uh, I'm looking to see if the Peter, bouillabaisse was has... He, he yeah. did it for me. Okay, so you asked for the fries. I did. Because it doesn't come. It comes with saffron rice, a tomato broth, and saffron rice. Or, wait a minute. So you must have asked for uh, for um, fried potatoes because you saw mussels in the uh, in the bouillabaisse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I could get into even more, but uh, if you're if you've got the raw quality beef and a few seasonings here and there and that's about it you've got it you just steak tartare you're back to tartare it's one of the yeah 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 well i'm gonna look up the recipe for steak tartare all right um and i'm curious if anyone still eats it i'm sure there are a couple of people out there and i do mean like a handful who would eat steak tartare if they saw it and the question would be where would you see it because it's not something not very many places it's not something that i ever see on a menu and we eat out a lot yeah well so, you if for those who want it uh, they'll get very excited about it i think it's out of vogue i'll yeah. tell you what when we went to chifunctas the other day and um if ever there would be a place where you would see something like that uh you would see it there it was not there there was a tartare on the menu but it was tuna tartare so and it was I don't even know how they did it, but it was well. It was it was ground tuna. You know where I would go if if I wanted that would be I would, and it wouldn't take much. Call the Brennan family, the chef uh, uh -huh. particularly, and say you know Tom Fitzmorris told me uh, that we ought to we ought to talk about. Uh, uh, what, what steak tartare? Steak tartare, uh -huh. and that you knew all about it. I can voice for that because every time I've ever asked that question over there, it is uh, completely com uh, no food. I wonder how many remember. people really do that. I mean, I know Chef not, Andrea not does a, that. Not a lot. You think Chef Andrea would do a, a steak tartare? Chef Andrea? Is that something you would see at Chef Andrea, he probably, as a matter of fact, I'm sure he would do it for you. Well, he'd certainly qualify to do it. The question is, would he yeah. have the ingredients in-house to do it? I mean, that requires ground meat, so I don't know. Anyway, not not something I think about a lot, but uh, just to what you have in here about steak tartare. In your almanac, you have steak tartare is raw ground beef mixed with onions, mustard, capers, seasoning, egg, Worcestershire sauce, and a few other things at the whim of the maker. It is delicious. Mm -hmm. That's debatable. Best made with sirloin or round steak. The best steak tartare is chopped very finely by hand. Grinding it in a meat grinder not only gives it a less interesting texture, but introduces the greatest th uh, threat of contamination. 
Then it's mixed with the other ingredients on a cutting board, preferably tableside in the view of the diner. The name comes from a legend, probably not true, that the dish originated with the nomadic Tartar warriors who put pieces of meat under their saddles as they rode, thereby smashing the meat into a paste. However, in France, where much more steak tartare is eaten than in this country, it's most often called steak américain. Steak tartare is one of those raw proteins that the fine type of menus warn you about citing health risks. However, it's much safer to eat steak tartare than to drive a car still. As a result of these concerns, steak tartare has become very hard to find in restaurants, which is a shame because it's a great dish. Before the storm, the best in town was at Arno's, where uh, they used a recipe made famous at New York's 21 in the golden years. It was also at the Sazerac in the Fairmont Hotel. Oh, those are the... Yeah, those we would, were the one-of-a-kind restaurants. Just yesterday, we had uh -huh. a put forth on uh, our program here. Uh, someone wanted to know why, uh, what are the best uh, oysters, uh, the special oysters in town? <clears throat> yeah. And uh, and I, I didn't have to think about that more than a second or two. It would be Arno's mm -hmm. just because the five di different kinds of, of oysters... Oh, oysters are no. You're talking about the, baked, the, baked. the baked oysters are no. Yeah, yeah. They are. It's like five terrific. different kinds, right? That's huh? five. There's five different kinds. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, the Sazerac, the steak tartare was done by Tommy Andrade, who yep. uh, was no, is no longer at Tommy's at the warehouse. He sold it, but um, he used to make it at Tommy's there. We'll talk some more about steak tartare and other things that are food related when we come Let's back. See. From the bottom of the hour, news time. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Jeff Palermo. Governor John Bell Edwards will release new coronavirus pandemic restrictions this afternoon as the state is moving into phase three. Edwards is expected to announce the 50% maximum occupancy for most businesses will increase to 75% as long as they continue to social distance. The mass mandate will stay in place and we'll have to see if bars will remain closed. Phase three will provide students with more opportunities for in-person education. State Superintendent of Education Kate Brumley says under phase three, it's easier to get kids to school. In phase two, a bus should only be occupied at 50% of capacity. And in phase three, that moves to 75%. Also, group size allowances increased to 50 and band and choir can resume. Brumley says the changes won't happen overnight, but phase three allowances make one thing clear. It's natural to believe and know that we'll have more of our, our schools that are offering a greater degree of face-to-face -face instructions. I'm Matt Doyle, Louisiana Radio Network. Tiger Rag. Let's go! There's a magic in the air in Tiger Stadium, and that magic is contagious, but not in a negative way. Let me start off by saying... 2019 was an incredible year for the Tigers. 2020, however... This is the crazy part, ladies and gentlemen. Even without sports for the last few months, we here at Tiger Rag Magazine have been telling the stories behind LSU Athletics. And it's been filling our pages with can't-miss content. Now we're looking forward to slightly filling Tiger Stadium. It is a whole lot more magic with 105,000 people, but there's going to be magic with 25,000. The sports world is constantly moving and constantly changing, and Tiger Rag keeps you updated at the newsstands and on the web at TigerRag.com. On the internet, worldwide. When it comes to LSU athletics, Tiger Rag Magazine is the MVP. Most valuable publication. I'm standing in a cave with five full-grown tigers in line. It's the stories you need to know with the real Tiger King. Online at TigerRag.com. 
I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Who doesn't love a Gershwin tune? All right, <clears throat> we have Steve on the line. We're looking Steve. up the recipe for steak tartare in the... Oh, there's actually... That's funny, because there's actually a spot. Um, <laughs> this is kind of fun. Um, <clears throat> I have a recipe for cheese straws <laughs> that I just put in the book. What is it? Cheese straws. Straws? Yeah, cheese straws that I just put in the book. And oddly enough, it is on the same um, page as uh, steak tartare. That's really funny. It was just like uh -huh. I stuck it in the book, and, it, and there it is. All right, let's go to Steve. We'll talk about the steak tartare recipe in a minute. Steve, hi. Well, first off, I think steak tartare might be illegal now. In oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait I to hear I this. I don't know Fire that away. for a fact, but um, I do know that uh, I'm a, as you know, I'm a big fan of the Middle Eastern food, and there's a yeah, there's a kibinaya. I've heard. Uh -huh. Kibinaya. Yeah, and that's uh, kibi made with raw meat. And I only had one place that would ever do that for me. And this was a long time ago. A place called the Cypress on Metairie Road. Uh, that they did it, but every place that I ask now if they will do it when I get to a Middle Eastern place, I'm going to cry in a little bit over that, um, But because uh, we don't have any over here on the North Shore. Uh, but they yeah, make, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they won't make Kibinaya because they say it's illegal or something like that. So I don't know. Steak, you know, Raw meat, especially ground meat, is is you know pretty scary a lot of places i as a matter of fact there's a couple places that told us that they wouldn't make a burger rare well there's you a know, lot of that going on i mean that's been going on for at least 10 years i would yeah, say in the fast food the, industry the mad cow disease is kind of well what, well he what, didn't what kill mad that. cow what's that he didn't kill mad cow either well, uh, that might be true, but anyway, yeah. that's the the Kibi Nyes was a big, you know, thing that I know I can't fuck it. nobody will make it for me. But that's why I said Aww. the tartar might might be illegal. Why don't you go to a Middle Eastern restaurant and ask them for a recipe for Kibi Naya? Or I'm oh, sure know, you I, can I, find it. I know how to make somewhere. it. I, I I went to college oh. with a guy that was from Latakia, Syria. And oh my so that was how I got turned on to Middle Eastern food. Okay. Well, you knew the real deal then. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of uh -huh. fact, this guy now is worth $13 billion. What? Why? Uh, uh, wow. How, he, how could well, that possibly he got a, be? He got a degree in petroleum engineering and went back over there and was drilling for water because he made so much uh -huh. more money doing that. Huh. Interesting. They get mad when he would hit oil instead of water. <laughs> well, oh. you know, it's all about what you need. Yeah. You know? Water's a lot more valuable over there. But that's, it's all that's, about what you need, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So mm. all that's right. what I got. Later. Thank you. We'll take it. Well, thank We're you. not picky. We'll take it. Uh, all that's, right. uh, that was money spent well. So I think steak tartare in the joy of cooking. Let me is, catch you up with every. Oh, I'm sorry. 
is called uh, Cannibal Balls. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is the Food Show. Thank you for uh, listening in for us. Uh, if you like food, if you like to eat, if you like just talking about food, you have come to the right place. And uh, we talk about food here. We cook up some food. We think about it. We uh, are pretty uh, uh, just flying in the breeze. But I, uh, I, we always have a few little oddball uh, pieces of information that we can't quite figure out, and nothing, you know, really nutty or anything. But uh, we we come up with it anyway. This is one that came up with the program we did yesterday, and uh, are we still on the air? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> um, um, yesterday uh, we started talking about. Uh, some other dishes of the general time, like the uh, uh, what we were talking about with the uh, uh, the, uh, the the beef thing. Steak tartare. Yeah, but uh, have you ever? We we used to have around New Orleans in a lot of restaurants that were kind of similar as that one was, but calmed down a little bit, uh, uh, maybe more than a little. Uh, anyway, it's this. Um, the sea land. Have this has that have those words rang anything to you? Uh, just simply sea land or land and sea. And this is a, just generally speaking, this is a food uh, item that is not only can you sit down and eat it, you can also uh, mess around with it a little bit and uh, take other um, attempts at uh, doing them. But you have to have. Beef over here, or red beef of any. Are you other talking beef. about surf and turf, Tom? Uh, not really. Okay, I've never heard of Sealand. Sealand is a container company that um, that is my former roommate's father's company, or yeah. a subsidiary oh. of some of his companies. And uh, that's all I know of Sealand. You're sure you're not talking about surf and turf? Uh, not really, and I, I have seen the the phrase surf and turf. It, it, you can sometimes see it as an advertising uh, item, uh -huh. but uh, really, I'm talking uh, a, a little more in the middle of the of the good food aspect side of it. Okay, can and, I can I go back to my steak yeah. tartare? Yeah, sure. Okay, so steak tartare is, according to. Um, the joy of cooking. These are like little, they're like little raw meatballs is what, what this is. It's like a, an appetizer. So it's not the, it's, essentially it sounds to me like if you were making meatballs, but you didn't cook them and you served them raw, that would be mm -hmm. steak tartare. Anyway, um, we always tender this recipe with some misgivings because of the risks run in eating uncooked meat and eggs. Cannibal balls are a mini version of the classic steak tartare or cannibal mound, a clump of raw beef with a shallow indentation on top into which a raw egg yolk is broken. Garnish with chopped onion, caviar, or anchovy, and capers. The amounts indicated here will serve uh, its, will serve six persons, both for the cocktail hors d'oeuvre below and for steak tartare. The meat is prepared just before serving as follows. Scrape with the back of a knife, turning the meat several times only until the fibers remain. You use sirloin. If you grind, oh, this gets into really, really 
really gross kind of stuff. Anyway, it's sirloin, egg yolks, finely minced Bermuda onion, a caper, caviar. I didn't realize caviar was in steak tartare. Boy, they're throwing the wad down. Yeah. Uh, chopped parsley and um, egg whites is what mm-hmm. the Joy of Cooking has. This is one of the original Joy of Cooking books, not the updated versions. But anyone, if anyone knows if steak tartare is even legal now, I'd be curious. Maybe that's why just no one has it on their menu. Well, there might be some uh, matters as regards individual uh, pieces of these that are rotten and duty or, you know, having a, some awful aspect to it because the place is not uh, proper correctly. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I, that you can garbage anything in the world, you know. Yeah. I, for example, let me give you I garbage name. a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. It's uh it's I have on my stove right now. Any uh any anything over the hill anything zucchini. in your uh area any well, Wait, no. here's, here's a question that I have to ask okay. about tartars. Right. Ask plural. Yeah. I mean, this seems like a very logical question to me. Yeah. Um, if, if tuna, if raw fish is allowed, what is the difference and what sort of, um, dangers, it would seem to me that the dangers in eating raw fish would, um, exceed the ones in eating raw beef. I am not a raw anything eater for that reason, but I don't understand how beef wound up getting tossed aside and people eat raw fish all over the place. That just seems counterintuitive to me, but I'm not hip enough, I guess, to understand the benefits of eating raw fish. And there it is. 56969 is an number. Tuna tartare has become much more common than the beef version. It's universal in sushi bars and found widely in contemporary restaurants of other kinds, although most of the seasonings in the beef version are not used. It's most finely chopped tuna with maybe a little wasabi and soy sauce. Although this isn't exactly steak tartare, for a long time the Camellia Grill had a sandwich of raw ground beef, onions, and raw egg called the Cannibal Special. Ugh. It was the ultimate supper before a night of major imbibing. Tom, rule number 1003, never offer steak tartare to a dining companion. (laughs) Let him or her ask you for it. Yes, I would say true on that. 5569696 is the number if you would like to talk to us about food. That's all we do here. We talk about food. Mm-hmm. We talk and about we cooking food, it. eating food, what, what you had. It is coming up on uh, on a break time, so about quarter to the hour. Why? What time it is? Yeah, it's, it's exactly so 2.43. So I'll know what time to turn it on or off. Uh, okay. You know, you have to do that now and then. Yeah, uh, okay. You are listening to the food show, and it's exactly what I just said it was, and I'm glad to – we. We'd be happy to get you to just talk to us on the phone, uh, or c- come on over here. You can come over to our. <laughs> no, wait a minute. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Uh-oh. Oh my goodness! Right. 
goodness. Okay. Uh, the uh, edible dictionary word of the day, Tom, is uh, tagliatelle, a pasta shape made by slicing thin sheets of dough into long, wide, a quarter of a half inch ribbons, preferably by hand. It's something like fettuccine, but wider and longer, often mm -hmm. by quite a bit. Here's what I would do with everything that we're talking about. I would take the steak tartare and throw it in a pan and cook it into a bolognese and put it on the tagliatelle. That seems like a much better idea to me. All right, we'll be back. Five five six nine six nine six. You're listening to The Food Show. Parish Coffee is a small batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to parishcoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. Hashtag wake up to parish. The New Orleans Ice Cream Company offers a true taste of New Orleans in every bite. This is ultra-premium ice cream whose flavors are inspired by everything we love to eat in New Orleans. Twelve specialty flavors like Café au lait and beignets, Bananas Foster, Creole Cream Cheese, Ponchatoula Strawberry, Coffee and Chicory, and Chocolate City. Remember that? Don't miss the po'boy ice cream sandwich, New Orleans Ice Cream, at stores all around town. See all our products at NewOrleansIceCream.com. Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught Desalman's catfish. And the seafood boat, Carnival Time Lounge, has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304 one four six nine. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island too. Island. All your dreams. That you know, I could have grabbed that on my way in today, but something got my stuff blacked off, and I just couldn't get here through the traffic's. Yeah. But anyway, we have uh, we have caller on the line, Guy. Guy. Yes, let's go to Guy. Guy, since we're talking about things and how they've changed, how have you um, fought off the temptation to change your name to Guy? Guy? <laughs> I, I keep getting harassed about that, but it, uh, <laughs> I, I actually want to switch to Guido, which is the uh, <laughs> Italian version. Do it. You only live once. Next order of business for my favorite couple, Tom and Marianne. Uh. <laughs> I've been well, eating at raw least you pork had a bottom line all my life. <clears throat> raw pork, you said, or raw beef? Not raw pork. Both. Not raw pork. I've been Get eating raw, raw pork. pork all my life. There hasn't been a case of trichnosis in the United States for probably 75 or 100 years. Okay, so I did raw hear you pork. right. You've been eating raw pork. Raw pork. I cannot grab a piece of Italian sausage without picking some out of the casing and eating it raw. Oh my goodness! I've been, really? I've been, my my mother has been doing that all. Bless her soul, she's deceased, but she did it for seventy five years. I've been doing it for sixty five years now. Really? And you prefer the raw? 
Italian sausage. No, 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 no. I didn't oh, okay. say that. Okay. I love Italian sausage. Me too. But I can't cook it without picking some out of the casing and eating it raw. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they, you know, whatever like turns off. That's unique. Yeah. You're, you're entitled. Um, so what kind of Italian sausage do you like? Because I love it, and I want to know what kind you like. Uh, I think right now, especially, do you know what dry sausage is? I take uh, sausage from either Sam's Club or Costco. Both of them use salt, pepper, and fennel. If you mm-hmm. go to Rouse's, they don't use fennel. They use anise. Which yeah, I like that totally, one. I don't care for the anise. I ca- really? I, I like, really? But I grew up with the fennel flavor. That's uh-huh. probably why it's a cultural thing. Well, in, in the old country, the fennel grows on the side of the road everywhere. So that's probably why yeah. we got used to, to doing it. Yeah. But uh, I like the seeds. I like the... the uh, uh, we have two seeds. things going on at the same yeah. time. You so like the just, anise? That's yeah, I do. It's, just, it's okay. We we'll keep on going. You're yeah, right. I kind of like the little. When we finish you, we'll go over here. I kind of like the little crunch and, to it. Anyway, picture this. I take the uh, raw sausage that I bought from Costco or Sam's. If I don't make my own, which I do sometimes. You do. Okay. And I, I yes, I I hang it on racks in the a special refrigerator in my garage and just let it dry out without hmm. cooking it. Hmm. And they call that dry sausage. And How long do you let the, it dry? Oh, not as hard as pepperoni. Wow, you know, pepperoni's, really? Pepperoni's never been cooked. Did you know that? No, I didn't. It's smoked. Oh, come on. It's smoked. How about, how, have you ever had it? I would definitely cook it hard. before, uh, unless it would, you know, have the. Let's, pepperoni let's or start sausage. over. Have you ever had salami? Yes. Uh, I, yeah. I would have, yeah. Uh huh. And that, now that okay. can kind of, it's like like brisket. How, uh, how about cooked salami? Have you ever had cooked salami? Yeah, pizza, same story. On a pizza? Yeah. No, no, I mean, cooked salami is usually uh, maybe like three inches in diameter, whereas regular salami is a lot smaller. Yeah. Well, I haven't ever met, I haven't met a salami or a sausage that I didn't like. Well, actually, that's not true. That's not true. I'm trying to think of the one, uh, brujola. Not a fan of brujola, which is beef, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to the salami. Cooked salami, they say cooked for a reason, because it's been cooked. Regular mm-hmm. hard salami has never seen an oven. Mm-hmm. It's dry. I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go along with you uh, in that. That's clearly what you have to do. It's, it's uh, sausage and sausages and, uh, and all of those kinds of items that Charcuterie, come back and forth. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, you, you have to be careful with them, and uh, it, no loss in, in goodness or interest, so uh, you don't need to worry about... I don't think you have to be as careful as everybody seems to think you do. Um, so, uh, Guido, I'm, I'll call you Guido then. Um, when, you, when you take your dry sausage out of your refrigerator in your garage, do you slice it yes. thin like like uh, uh, pepperoni and actually, salami? Actually, most recently... Uh, not in the refrigerator that's in the garage, not just in the garage. It's 
It's, it's in, the in a regular refrigerator, a special mm-hmm. one I have in the garage, though, just okay. for curing me. So that's where I cure my bacon. Uh, uh-huh. okay. usual, cool. Usually, what I've been doing recently, I soak it in water for like maybe two minutes so that the skin peels off of it. Uh-huh. And then huh. I and then I just have some olives and cheese in a bowl, and I just take a <laughs> bite of sausage and uh, pop an olive and uh, a little piece of cheese. So you and don't need to breakfast. go to any of those fancy restaurants with the uh, charcuterie boards. You're doing your own thing right in your garage, huh? <laughs> no, no, I just I, I I do my own charcuterie for I guess you could say. And now let's let's skip over to steak. Okay. Any, any meat you can you can eat any meat raw if it's a particular cut of meat, like uh, you can ground uh, chuck or sirloin or tenderloin. But ground hamburger is not a good thing because it it could come from any part of the animal, the spine, the brain, or yeah, wherever but- you know that that pink slime stuff. So, you know, when you're talking about steak tartare, if it comes from a, a particular cut of the animal, that is safe meat to eat. If it's not a particular cut, then you have to cook it well done. You can't have any red or pink in it. Okay. Well, you are a wealth of knowledge. Would you like a gift certificate <laughs> to Rosie's on the Roof? Say that have- again. I said, you are a wealth of knowledge. Would you like a gift certificate to Rosie's on the roof? I sure 20- would. That sounds great. Okay. So when you, when you don't hang up, just when you go mm-hmm. off the air, uh, give Henry your email, and I'm going to send that to you. And please call again. It was a very interesting call. Thank you. are always welcome. Okay. I, I will do that, Marianne. And thank you very much. And, Tom, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. See you around. Very interesting. People awesome. do a lot of cool stuff with food. This is uh, a great thing to get, and, and <laughs> it is a, we have we have so much uh, local. I know, I know, I what, know. Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, wait, I just we still have. Lo- uh, just said line. something to me. Uh, it was your producer. Let's go to Ron. Hey, Ron. Was that Ron? No, that wasn't. Hey, Ron. good that afternoon. Was, How are you all doing? Was... TGIF, by the way. Yes, yeah. you too. I sure did. Let's see. Who so I was listening to Guy talk, yeah. mm-hmm. and then Marianne took the wind from my sails when she went to pizza because I was going to call and mention mm-hmm. that all of those ingredients would work well in a pizza. So I'm rebounding real quick with a breakfast idea that I bet none of y'all have tried, but you might love. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is real simple. It's kind of like crispy on the outside, moist on the inside, voice of your local announcer. It's that that's simple. My, uh, that's my line, all right. Absolutely. Okay, here's what you do. You get your black, you get your black iron pan out, and you oil yeah. it down a little bit. Okay, medium heat. Come back in about five minutes. And whatever kind of onion or garlic that you like, put it in there. If you have any of those deli meats at all, that guy was just talking about, Cut them up into small pieces and toss them in. And then what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take the tiniest bit of tomato sauce and put it in that pan once those vegetables have cleared. Then I'm going to sprinkle some cheese on there, your favorite kind of cheese. And I'm going to take about probably a cup and a half, two cups of that water-only instant 
pancake mix. And I'm going to mix the water with that and make about two cups. And once that's thoroughly combined, just to mix with the water, I'm going to dump that right over everything. And then if you wait until it starts mm-hmm. to bubble and you turn it over one time, what you're going to end up with is a breakfast pizza. Hmm. But it's actually okay. a breakfast pizza. Well, you just pancake. never know, do you? Hmm. Yeah, I was about to say, it sounds more like a pancake. But, well, it basically uh, it okay. is, but it, it's, a, it's yeah. like a breakfast pizza, but it's a pancake instead. Mm-hmm. All but right, I, uh, well. I absolutely, I absolutely thought that Guy's call was prize-worthy. He needs a chow number, too. It was. It was. Um, well, when we get chow, well, you give him a chow number, Ron. You're the one giving chow numbers now, so I don't even uh, He well, is, uh, he is now 113. Do... He's 113 okay. in case somebody else calls in and says that used to be their number, because we always move aside if somebody calls up and says, no, wait, that was my number. <laughs> yeah. So Guy is now chow number 113, if that's okay Okey-dokey. with you guys. Okie dokie. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Well, thank you, Ron. Have a great weekend. Y'all as well. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. You know how I've not done in a long time. There, there are a lot of restaurant reviews and reviews and columns and uh, all sorts of things out there. Uh, we have our own over here. You know, we have a certain amount of uh, presence, and for pretty good one at that. Uh, and. Uh, what do you think of uh, the service that we give you for that? Oh, please don't ask. <laughs> uh, give me a call and tell me how, no. how how could you handle it if I had to not do this anymore? Oh, interesting. It's, it's, it's not interesting. something I'm, I'm not saying that I'm First time hearing of that too, up folks. to, but, uh, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here and some little puff of something is because my 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 uh, over here is yeah, not putting me enough, yeah. enough uh, uh-huh. electricity or something like that. Okay. But anyway, I just thought I'd ask it because... Uh, That's an interesting question. Um, as you know, I'm here every week and I do so... For with, 32 with, years. Yep, 32 well, years. <clears throat> and, uh, and it's great, great pleasure for me and uh, I, that would be... Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, all right, enough okay. of that depression. That's, that's, that's it's like, a food show on time. That's, it's that's, uh, we talk about food, about we, restaurants, about We started the hour morning. with a really depressing thought, and we're ending it with a really depressing thought. All right, so we are going to uh, we're going to come back for the second hour of the food show, and we would love to talk about things other than things that depress us. So uh, food would be a good one because that's what we do. Five five six nine six nine six. If you want to talk to us, we are going to go to the news, and we'll be back for more of this after that. We have, um, we have. I'm trying to think of if we have any other dining reports. Um, dining reports. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that we do. I think we have. I think we've run through all of the ones that we have for this week. But uh, we'll have plenty more after this weekend. It's going to be a busy eating weekend for the Fitzmorai. What plans do you have if you're going to anything really interesting? We're, we're doing two things off the list of, on nomenu.com. Or if you got the newsletter, we're doing two of those things this weekend. So we'll have lots to report after we come back from the weekend. For us, it's been a weekend of house stuff. 
It's uh, four, it's three o'clock. It's uh, time for the Louisiana Radio Network news, and we'll be back with more chatter about food after that. Hey, Brian Diaz here with the NOLA Drink Show. Check us out every Monday evening from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. Took a vote, and then they acted. President Trump's comments in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, the president calling those aboard United Flight 93 true heroes for their actions on September 11th. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden also heading to Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Biden and Vice President Mike Pence greeted each other with an elbow bump at a September 11th memorial in New York City. A pretrial hearing has ended for the former Minneapolis police officers charged in the death of George Floyd in May. The judge said he would not immediately rule on defense motions to dismiss charges. He also said he would not make an immediate decision on motions to combine four cases into one or a motion to change the location of any trial. This is USA Radio News. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware, not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients, American-made, with American ingredients, employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99, so hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours, free, 2020safe.net. During a recent question and answer session with labor leaders, Joe Biden appears to be queuing up answers and reading off a teleprompter after a supporter asked him a question about labor rights. As far as if Biden does use a teleprompter, National Press Secretary for Joe Biden, T.J. Ducklow, tells Fox News. Brett, we are not going to engage. This is this is straight from the Trump campaign. Well, yeah, they're place. using and, it. And what it does and what it does, Brett, is it's trying to distract the American people. I'm just from they're from, using from it. From they the talk pand- about it every day. Can you what? say yes or no? Brett, I am not going to allow okay. the Trump campaign to funnel their questions through Fox News and get me to respond <laughs> to that. Oregon wildfires are forcing over 500,000 people from their homes. Oh, the wind was blowing so hard. It wasn't, still should have been daylight, but it was dark. And the ashes were everywhere, just, and the wind was blowing outrageously bad. I mean, it was bad. At least 23 people have died in the fires. This is USA Radio News. Working from home? I'm Chad Dodd, veterinarian and consultant to Limp Bells. Here are some tips for keeping your dog fit while staying at home. Find 15 minutes twice a day and walk your pet at a decent pace around your place. Play hide-and-seek by hiding some kibble or favorite toys and letting your dog find them. If you have stairs and your dog is mobile, walk up and down twice a day for 5 to 10 minutes. Or better yet, try a power walk on your terrace or backyard for some fresh air. There are more helpful pet care tips at youmove.com, spelled Y-U-Move.com. As we remember 9-11, take a listen to the news accounts as the events were happening in real time. Now the president is here. Uh, he just finished uh, reading to some children at the Emma Booker Elementary School and was asked about the incident. He said,
that he was aware of it. I'm a few blocks from the World Trade Center right now. The scene is absolutely a horrific one. You have people streaming out of the area. You've got people literally in tears and shock. I looked up in the air. There was an airplane actually going into the World Trade Center. This is going to be a day that's going to live in infamy. And, you know, it's going to... We'll go into the evening tonight with a fair sky. And tomorrow we're headed back to deeper layered moisture that's going to pretty quickly promote an increased chance of thunderstorms and showers. Early morning should start off into the upper 70s, low 80s. With a 50-50 chance tomorrow, I'll go into an afternoon high to the upper 80s to lower 90s. Showers and thunderstorms will be coming our way Saturday and Sunday. Each afternoon's high temperatures will be into the upper 80s. There will be some low pressure moving into the eastern gulf that will bear watching. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for youth. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs and dangerous things like metals into your body. And nicotine, which can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk... Bear and your friends, oh yeah, we are in Got to, to see a bear. Great like it like with the bear on the bear <laughs> and out there with your fribbling friends with the bear. Okay. Good for making up a, All right. a, a, a story there just <laughs> without anything. Huh? And, and now, now we okay. let the music hear the music fall. Uh-huh. This is yeah. pretty good for the guy just made stuff up, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Or anyway, it? five bucks. <laughs> it's the food show. We're trying to figure out a way to see which one is older and which one is younger of the two that we uh, have our our uh, dishes coming through and putting along. Uh, well, the dish that I just put away is pretty old. I mean, actually, it? it's new. I just cooked it, but the um, I found those uh, zucchini in the refrigerator, and they were definitely on their way out of town. So I chopped them up, and I just made some zucchini with uh, onions. A zucchini with onions? And I will yeah. add, okay. when I get some garlic, I'm going to roast it, because we were talking about roasted garlic yesterday. Yeah. And I'm going to add that to the zucchini when I eat it again. You know, it's really kind of, um, it's kind of uh, wonderful how food in its simplest form sometimes, the sugars that are inherent in food, when it is cooked, come out and it makes food taste good, even with nothing on it. I mean, I literally just threw some zucchini and some purple onion into a pan because I had it right there on hand. And I don't even have olive oil. I I see that we are out of olive oil. So it was just the zucchini and the onions, and I just cooked them in a skillet on the stove. And uh, it's, it's good. I mean, there's no salt in it. There's a little bit of pepper, but that's all there is to it. And it was good. Who do we have talking to us now? Mike. Well, wait, I'm, I have, Mike. I've been fed two things from two different people at the same time. I didn't quite catch them. Well, you can trust us both. One is All Henry, right. the producer, and the other is me. Oh, wait, wait. What, what was that? Mike is on the phone. Mike, you're on the phone? You hello, say? hello, hello. 
Yeah. Hi. Can you hear us? Hey, Mike. A fascinating gourmet. Okay. I, uh, uh, I very seldom call two days in a row, but I had to get in on this this tartar business. I, oh, oh yeah, you, you're definitely a tartar kind of guy, huh? Well, Absolutely. well, we can't leave without you. You you mentioned the comparison between steak tartare and tuna tartare, and there's a big big difference in in the sense that the guy the guy kind of hit on it when he said you have to be careful about what you're using to make the tartare with. Mm-hmm. Now, in the case of tuna, obviously they're chopping up a slab of tuna. Okay, I mean it's pretty pretty simple, but just as a sidebar on this. I don't know if you realize this, but most of the fish that you get in a sushi bar has been previously frozen. And they do that, I think, as much for health reasons as they do it for any other reason. Yeah, you know, that, I'm sure. If there are any, any parasites, anything like that, you know, it would kill them. I went to Whole Foods one time, and I wanted some, I, I always heard the term sushi-grade tuna. And I wanted to know, what does that mean? What does that mean, sushi-grade tuna? And they told me that regardless of the, the quality of the tuna, that if you're gonna, if you're not gonna, if you're gonna eat it, you better sear it off before you eat it. Even if you just barely sear it on both sides, and it's basically raw in the middle. They really advised against eating raw tuna from the supermarket, which I think is probably good advice. Good advice from, from a health perspective. <laughs> To, to avoid to it or to do it? No, to sear it a little bit. To put some yeah. heat on it somewhere. Yeah. Right. I, I really don't. I really don't know how they don't have more instances of, of contamination and with all the raw fish being eaten in Japanese restaurants. I really don't. You would seem almost like a fait accompli that you know at some point somebody's going to get some bad stuff. You know. But going well, back I think to they the probably steak, have and don't know it. That's probably true. Now, steak I think there's a lot of people walking around with worms in them. Go ahead. I thought it, I thought it really interesting what Guy said, and I'm not meaning to be critical of him, but I absolutely agree with the fact about eating raw ground meat. That is a very dangerous thing to do. And yet to eat raw pork sausage seems to be equally as risky from my yeah, perspective. Really? I mean, you don't know what's being used, to, what cuts of meat are being used to make that sausage, you know? Yeah, really. Yeah. But the real the real problem with eating undercooked ground meat, I, I'm a big fan of forensic files, all right? And it's not always crime programs. Sometimes they do things that have a scientific gut to them. And they did a story a while back where this young boy got incredibly ill, and his mother took him to an emergency room, and they were running all these tests, and they didn't know what the hell was wrong with him. They couldn't figure it out. And they started trying to backtrack, and they realized that shortly before he, they had left to go on vacation when the boy got ill, he had been in a Boy Scout outing, and they realized that he ate a piece of raw ground meat as they were cooking the hamburgers. And the ground meat was contaminated with E. coli. And the boy almost died. I mean, that's how bad it was, you know. So I guess it's not just a question of eating raw ground meat as steak tartare, but it's also element of risk eating undercooked ground meat in general, be it a hamburger or anything else for that matter, you know. Well, so, being uh, the non-gourmet that I am, I'm a, I'm a medium to medium well person, which will shock no one, I'm sure. So I'm covered. I, I don't know about the rest of you guys. I always 
said that I would only eat steak tartare in restaurants that I had a high degree of confidence in, you know, that they were doing things right. And obviously I was deluding myself because you never really know what's going on in a kitchen, you know. Yeah. But uh, if they're chopping up a little piece of filet and making steak tartare out of that, I'm a lot more confident in eating that than I would be any kind of raw ground meat, you know. Well, so. is, do you you eat in a lot of fine restaurants? So, have you seen it on any menus? Because I mean, it's not something I would look for. Actually, the last place I had it locally was Restaurant Revolution. Okay. I had mm. it. Yeah, that night I had my. Which, actual, which did you did you uh, uh, go there recently? No, it was about a year and a half ago for a birthday party. Oh, okay. I went. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Good, but, good choice. So a year and a half. So that's not. So then, then it probably is still okay and out there. What's that? To have What's steak tartare on a menu. I mean, I just never see it, but I never look for it. So a year and a half is recent history. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you don't see it a lot. I think I don't think it has a lot of popularity. You know, it's a right. very probably a limited scope people that would be interested in it in the first place. Yeah. But it, really, a big part of the allure of it is the accoutrements that are served with it. You know, they give you the little, uh, what a little pickles called, the little sour pickles, corn and or something like that. Yeah, and the chopped onion. And, you know, that all of that goes a long way to making it palatable. The best version of it I ever had was in Yonville in Napa Valley at a place called Bistro, uh, Bistro Jaunty. And oh. it was actually served with a raw quail egg. So I was I was taking a double risk there, eating raw egg and raw meat, you know. <laughs> How very anyway. adventuresome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just wanted to give you my two cents. All Talk right. To you later. There you go. Bye. Bye. Thanks for Bye. stopping in. Five five six nine six it's the nine food show. six is the number. And uh, we are very happy that you are here talking to us about where you've been eating, where you propose eating sometime in the near future, or maybe one you already did and then you haven't reported on it yet. But oh, here's it. You got it. Good, good. Thank you very much for that. Talk to you again sometime. Hello. Oh, let's see. Where are we? All right. So we're talking about steak tartare. Yeah. And essentially, it sounds like raw foods. So, raw food? Honestly, I have to say, I don't really like raw okay. foods. Okay, who do we have on, on Henry? We. Michael uh, 75 is going to weigh in on steak tartare. He gets around. Hey, Michael. Hey, everybody. How are y'all? How's that diet what? coming? Sorry? Diet's great. Uh, minus 31. I had, oh, wow. I had I had Chinese today, uh, sour pork and uh, shrimp with lobster sauce. And you got it so, in a Chinese kitchen. No, I, I didn't get to go down that far. Is that I, even I, open? Yeah, I think so. But uh, the the best shrimp lobster sauce is at a little place called uh, uh, sorry, Red Apple on Williams Boulevard. And uh, and the best sweet I had to go to two places. The best sweet and sour pork is that little Chinatown. Hmm. And of, where, of wait, 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 Where was that last one? Where'd that come from? That's a new one on me. Red apple? Red apples? Yeah. Essentially, essentially across the street, uh, across Williams Boulevard from little Chinatown. Okay, okay but, hey, I missed I miss you had the Booyah Bays last night. Yep. Where was that? At Lake House on the North Shore. Lake House, okay, because I'm looking for a good bouillabaisse since uh, 
guy on Mary Road. Uh, 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 oh, Chateau de Lac, yeah. Yeah, Terry um, Taylor and Rand. Anyway, well, he's, this- he's, uh, he is, you know, French, and Pete Kusev is definitely not French, but he is a good chef. But I can't imagine you coming all the way over to Lake House, and you're not, you're not dining out anyway. Yeah, that's right a now. long drive. So... But anyway, it'll be around because he does cook it a lot. I mean, he's uh, oh. he, we've had it several times at Lake House. So. Oh, yeah, I love that. Uh, but here's my uh, plan uh, for my menu for April 21st, 2021. Okay, it's called the, it's a dinner party at my house. It's going to be called the COVID-19 Resurrection Party, where we come out. <laughs> Now, why have you set it for April twenty-first? Well, I bought a real, a real, I bought a horse for a thousand dollars on that date uh, about twenty-five years ago, and he became the greatest horse ever born in the state of Louisiana. And oh, I sold him, I sold, sold him for an exorbitant amount of money uh, in the middle of his racing career to a sheik in Saudi Arabia. His name was E equals M C squared. I named him that. But anyway. <laughs> Here's, the, here's my planned menu, which I've served uh, many times. Okay. But I'm, I'm gonna first of all steak tartare. Uh-huh. Secondly, seared foie gras. Uh-huh. Third, lobster uh, bisque with real lobster in it. Fourth, uh-huh. duck with orange. Like duck. Am I going too fast? No, go ahead. Uh, duck with orange sauce and. Last, uh, uh, for the dessert, we're going to have a Bananas Foster. You think you can get filled up on that? That's the only, that's the only non-ultra-French thing on that menu. Why, why did you quit for dessert? Well, but Bananas Foster is, is French-esque. Yeah, but I mean, it's not French-French like all that. Well, other I, didn't, I didn't say it had to be French. I said it was a COVID-19 <laughs> resurrection party. Yes, I just think of you as such a Francophile that I... Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I, I am. I love I love it. But speaking of that, uh, I was uh, watching this show. Uh, uh, they were interviewing this great writer named Bill Buford from uh, The New Yorker. He has written three novels. Uh, the first one was called Heat, H-E-A-T, all about life in Mario Batali's kitchen and, and his uh, journey to Italy. Then he wrote another great one called Dirt, where he and his family moved to the greatest culinary capital of the world, Lyon, France. And it, they stayed there for about two years. And uh, in all of these places, he, he went in as a novice and he learned all the techniques, the French techniques, the uh, Italian techniques, the butcher, uh, Dario, the famous butcher in Tuscany. And um, so anyway, these books are so great, Dirt and Heat. You, you can't forget those names. And... Uh, and then he also wrote, uh, I think he was a ghostwriter a little bit with uh, Tony Bourdain on Kitchen Confidential. That could be, because I remember talking to both of those guys uh, about uh, whatever years it is. It's a while now. But uh, they, uh, they, they apparently did a lot of swapping back and forth with items on there. I don't think Tony Bourdain right. needed a ghostwriter. He did. I think I'm going to have to agree with Marianne. He is so good. He, I don't think he yeah. needed one either. He absolutely I, didn't need a ghostwriter. What, Henry? We have to go to where? 
yeah. been told. Break. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have to take a break. Wait. Wait. Hang, hang on. Let me finish. Uh, well, uh, one last thing. Wait. 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 What? Wait. Just can you? You don't have time for. A... I'll wait. All right. So. Yeah. You'll wait. Oh, okay. okay. We'll take a break and we'll be right back with Michael seventy five. Thing. The Crescent City Steakhouse has been a favorite since the first time I discovered it on Mardi Gras Day. This old-fashioned steakhouse hasn't changed much since it opened in 1934. I love the steaks. Here is prime beef, dry-aged in-house, a great T-bone or porterhouse steak. The Vojkovic family has welcomed generations of locals to this special place, and they'd love to welcome you. Crescent City Steakhouse, 1001 North Broad, 821-3271. This is Lenny Minutello, chef-owner of the Happy Italian Pizzeria in Harahan, home of the original meat sauce pizza and sesame-crusted muffalata calzone. The Happy Italian is serving our new full menu. Dine-in seating is limited. Takeout and curbside is available. Catering is available any day. Happy Italian Pizzeria in Harahan, open 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Friday, Saturday, and Monday for lunch and dinner. Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for lunch. Find us at happyitalian.com for info and online orders. Like us on Facebook and love us on your taste buds. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Night and day, you are the one. Yes, indeed. Michael75, let's, uh, let's finish up with you. We've got a couple of callers waiting. Okay. Uh, uh, quick, I want to give a quick shout-out to Basil's. That, that did a fabulous job for me, but... Uh, First of That's all, a good I place. Want, what, sorry. That's a good place. Oh, That's it's a good great. Crescent City. Oh, yeah. That's uh, a great place to go. And no, it's about Basil's all the uh, all the people coming from them. From yeah. Uh, stuff. Yeah. All right. Go one ahead. One day, I, one day I served foie gras at a dinner party, and uh, one of our guests was a doctor, but I didn't know what he was doing. So when we uh, uh, when we served the I'm sorry, not foie gras, uh, steak tartare. When we served the steak tartare, and we started talking, he said he was doing research on mad cow disease, and he would not eat the steak tartare. <laughs> so we all we all ate it, loved it, and he was the only one that suffered because he didn't get to eat it. By the way, I think Americans are the biggest food sissies in the history of the world. If you, totally they, right. they won't they won't eat the the great fat. They won't eat the great salad with the uh, raw egg, uh, romaine salad with the raw egg in it. They won't eat the, the great cheeses from France. They, they won't eat the steak tartare. They need to go back with their mama's nurse, uh, uh, get on their mama's nursery strings. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, yeah, I'm a yeah. proud fake American food person. All right, we got to go. Bye, Michael. Take care. Okay, Bye. let's go to John. John, you there still? I'm still here. Uh, I'm glad you did. Come on in. Um, holding forever, but that was interesting. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry about that. That's just when, <laughs> when you start packing the house, that's what happens. Well, y'all, uh, piqued my interest with the tartare topic, and I wanted to tell y'all and any of your listeners the best tartare and my favorite 
tires in, no matter what restaurant it is, is the Chateaubriand Tartare at Doris, or as I think Tom pronounces Dory no. Metropolitan. Yeah. Well, they gave it's up fantastic. on Dory's. They're just telling everybody to call it Doris now, but it is Dory's. Okay, good. But anyway. <laughs> I've been calling it Doris, but I, yeah, I never knew the actual pronunciation. Yeah, his name is Dory. On Tartar, that my wife is a pretty picky eater, but even she is obsessed with it. And we don't even, honestly, don't even care about the steaks because the appetizers there are so great. In addition to that, the tuna tartare is unbelievable. Okay, but here's the question. Is Dory's not the sexiest restaurant in town? It's, I remember the first time I went, was a, right when it opened, I, I told I told a friend who was in town from Dallas, I said I felt like I was in Miami eating. No, I felt like I was, I feel like I'm in Europe, but you're right. Miami feels like Europe now too. So yeah. Yeah. I love it. I've loved it since it opened and I just think it's, I'm never, I'm never unsatisfied with the meal. Mm -hmm. Except when the bill comes. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say the only, the only problem is, is the bill, but I'll, I'll, if my wife and I go, we'll split a steak or something like that uh -huh. and get some more apps. But yeah, when you start ordering the wine and whatnot there, it can get quite pricey. <laughs> yeah, it can get quite pricey. But anyway, I definitely think that is, without a doubt, the sexiest place in town to eat. And it absolutely, if you, if you have not been to Europe and want to feel like you are, uh, that is the place to go. Probably feels like Miami because his wife is from Costa Rica. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, anyway. um, I ha they opened one in Houston, which I've not been to, but I've had. Oh, some they friends. did. They did about two years oh. ago, actually. Uh, wow. I've had some friends who live here who work in Houston go to that one, and they said it's not the same for some reason. But I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't. I can't really talk about the first-hand knowledge of that, but I'm not sure why it's not. But they just say it's just not the same. It might just be the environment, not the same as. Oh, the sure. I mean, everything is, you know, you you put something in a different place, and it's going to be different somehow. I mean, you know, that, that makes total sense. They have one in in uh, Tel Aviv, in Costa Rica, because that's where his wife is from. Here, and now Houston. I didn't know that. But I mean, it's sort of an odd collection of places. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sounds like they just. It's like. Places they like traveling to, or something. That's Maybe or something. Who knows? Anyway. But I don't know. If well, you, I don't think you might have said you don't eat tartare. But if you can, if you can muster the courage next time you're there, I highly recommend it. Well, I'm like Michael, though. I'm like the biggest uh, food wussy there is. So, you know, I don't know what to say. I was raised on Vienna sausage. So. <laughs> well, probably the same thing, but. I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> now that I'm saying that, I was raised on Vienna sausage, probably not nearly as good as steak tartare, but yeah. uh, that'll give you an idea of my culinary worldview, so. Yeah, can I, right. can I, ask, you one, can I ask you one thing real quick? Of course. Quick? I, I know y'all, I'm a North Shore resident. I have been not really eating now because I have a pregnant wife who's about to pop. Um, oh, but when, congratulations. When she when, thank you. When the baby comes, you want to get back to eating out. And number one on my list is Shifunkas. But I also mm -hmm. want to know y'all's opinion of the anchor because I know y'all went there as well, but I didn't hear a review of that uh, mm. just for like a casual lunch. I think you went right with it open now, so I'm not sure. Well, first of all, I'd say that congratulations on the baby. That's from too many trips to Dory's Metropolitan. But um, <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you, um, I'm not a fan of anchor. I was really a big fan of anchor the first time, less so the second time, even less so the third time. And there hasn't been a fourth time. 
Okay, uh, but they don't need us because uh, they are packed to the gills. And Chifuncta is the opposite. It's just killer. It's killer. They, I think, I think maybe Anchor. They did a, such a great job on that place that uh, Cholific, I never get this right. Chifunctus. Uh, Chifunctus. 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 We uh, got it. I Go need ahead. some help on this. We got it. And uh, we, uh, we uh, what were we talking about? Is this your about? first baby, John? No, that's my second. Oh, because I was going to say, if this is your first baby, you're not going anywhere for any time soon. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's we're a fact. Uh, uh, we're dying to get out now. So we're for you. Yeah. Good luck and be, okay. uh, be a lover um, for all of your Yeah, kids. I don't know about Chifunctas. Uh, I mean, about, uh, about Anchor. I think that maybe what happened was the uh, the opening of Chifunctas maybe distracted from Anchor. And I feel like... I feel like that it's all going to settle out okay because this is a talented chef with uh, a lot of resources behind him. But um, but the first time I went to Anchor, it was wow, this is fantastic, and then and then I just felt like it, some of the I's weren't dotted and the T's weren't crossed. And I mean, the thing that bothered me most about it was when I get fresh cut fries that are dark and limp. I say. Do frozen fries if that's what you're gonna do. You know what I mean? And yeah, I agree. Um, and I don't understand that. I don't understand going through the trouble of doing fresh cut fries and then serving that. You know. So that's my big complaint about Anchor. Uh, but there's some other. There's some great stuff on that menu. They're, they've got their little um, their little ham and cheese uh, appetizer, which is really great. It's like ground ham and pimento cheese because he's from savannah so i don't know uh by the time you get out again maybe uh they will have settled down but chifung to put it number one on your list we uh, and i you hope think, you do, do you and we have Chifuncta one more will, uh, uh, survive over here or i feel like the places kind of get i'm from i can't i moved from new orleans years ago. i feel like some places like dump Wait, down their menu we have we have a hard break hang, hang on and we'll come okay. back to you in just a minute okay We'll be right back after these messages, not messages, but the news. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorrington. Governor Edwards releases new coronavirus pandemic restrictions this afternoon as the state moves into phase three tonight. Maximum occupancy for most businesses will increase to 75% as long as they continue to social distance. The mask mandate will stay in place. And as for bars... We're going to have bars remain closed on-premises consumptions in parishes with high incidence of COVID-19. Um, and as I mentioned, that's a continued recommendation of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. The governor also encouraged everyone to keep their eye on the tropics because there's a strong chance we'll see a tropical depression form in the eastern Gulf of Mexico this weekend or early next week. National Weather Service meteorologist Kevin Gilmore says a tropical wave is set to cross South Florida and then track across the northeastern Gulf of Mexico towards Louisiana. It'll be possibly impacting parts of southeast Louisiana and southern Mississippi beginning somewhere around uh, as early as late Monday going into Tuesday and maybe into Wednesday. LRN. 
This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Growing up in Sarepta, I could see the value of agriculture every time I left the house. Whether it was timber going to the paper mill or cattle in a pasture, I knew the farmers, ranchers, and landowners were keeping my hometown on the map. And the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation helps keep them in business. So join the Farm Bureau today. Become a member at lafarmbureau.org or call your parish Farm Bureau office. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Who wants to talk football? Take your game to the next level with the name you need to know for all things LSU sports. Tiger Rag. Find Tiger Rag on air, online, and on newsstands today. Tiger Rag Magazine is where sports fans across the Bayou State have turned for all things LSU for 40 years. 40 years. Covering every touchdown, every home run, and every arrest. That's unfortunate. Tiger Rag Magazine and TigerRag.com. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are seldom what they seem. All right, we are back with John, who asked an interesting question. Um, I uh, The only soothsayer on this show is Nicole Dorignac on Thursday, so we leave that to her. But um, I, don't, I, I think that it would be a terrible shame if it didn't, because, well, first of all, there's an enormous amount of money invested in it, as you can clearly see. Oh, you haven't been, so you, you will see. The I've seen the pictures. Uh, I've seen some pictures, and it looks gorgeous. It's, it's stunning in every imaginable way. There is no detail that has been left uh, out. I mean, you know, there's a, a cart that goes around the dining room. There's the saber in the wine room. You know, I mean, there's no detail that's been left out. Um, but there's not a lot of, it's, it's like, you know, what else is out there of that caliber? It's, you know, Revolution, which is closed right now on the South Shore. And then over here on the North Shore, there's Chifuntas. I think Chifuntas is going to draw a lot of people from the South Shore. Because it's not the same as Revolution. Different. It's not the same. But it is that one-of-a-kind kind of place. And, you know, one-of-a-kind... I don't know, population-wise, it's not L.A., that's true, but it's also not that expensive. I mean, it's it's just a really great place that's not that expensive. I mean, you know, relatively speaking, of course, you know. So, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm hopeful. Remains just, to be seen. I just always, always will go to a restaurant and we'll be like half empty well, and then the chilies right. or something is packed over here. I don't know. Wait, what? Interesting. I said, I'll go to a restaurant like Lola or something, it'll be half empty, and then I'll pass by a Chili's and it's overflowing with people, so I don't know. <laughs> well, now look, don't be, now don't, don't uh, diss your fellow North Sherinians because I used to do that, and then look at Habanero. I mean, uh, okay, truth be told, we're at, we're at La Coretta more than, than Habanero, but Habanero is a pretty gourmet Mexican kind of place, and they're doing so I always really well. I haven't tried Habanero. I have not tried Habanero, so I'll do that because I go well, to La Well, uh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, you go to La Coretta. Yeah, I mean, La Coretta, La Coretta is comfortable, fake, American-Mexican food, okay? And right. I'm saying that like it sounds like I'm dissing it, but we love it. We're at La Coretta a couple times a week. But um, but Habanero, I mean, they're serving, you know, they're they're doing real stuff over there, you know. And and it that is also doing very well. They're on their fourth location now. 
I would never have given them a shot in hell when they left La Coretta. And, and they're, they're, this is number four in Bidico. So the North Shoridians maybe are not as unsophisticated as, as I thought. Um, I remember oh, when, uh, <laughs> when um, ooh, uh, Vic Garretts, and I've told this story a million times on the air, Vic Garretts was a uh, corporate chef for Chimes, which is oxymoronic to use that word twice in the same show right there, you know, corporate chef, put in quotes. And um, he said that the thing that struck him when they moved from Baton Rouge here was how much more sophisticated the North Shore palette was than Baton Rouge. And I thought, oh, oh my goodness. So anyway. I kind of believe that one. I know, I know. Don't underestimate us on the North Shore. Maybe we are going to do it. I think a lot of people are going to come from the South Shore, too. You know, Pardo's has a pretty steady uh, clientele from the South Shore. So, you know, They're so if, close together, I was wondering if that would hurt Pardo's or not. Well, that's, to me, that's the big question. That's the big question. Because, uh, well, that's a big question. Let's just put it at that. You know, well, hopefully but, they'll both survive and thrive. Yeah. yeah, well, it's it's good stuff. Both places, good stuff. But um, but Chifuncta is should be number one when you go back. Back okay, to the great. Yeah. All right. Take care and good luck with the baby. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you. it. All right. Bye. Five five. So, oh, I should have asked him. Is he still there, Henry? No, he probably he is or he isn't. Oh, okay. Get his email because I'll I'll give him. What? Yeah. Just hung up okay. as you were saying that. Oh, uh, okay. John, call back if you're still listening. Call back and give Henry your email. And I don't know how quickly you're going to get out, but I'll give you a uh, a gift certificate to Rosie's on the river. Uh, it's only $25, but, you know, for happy hour there. Uh, it, it does end in September, so I'm going to be much more generous with those in the next week or so. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. The Rosies on the River at the Higgins Hotel, the bar on the fourth floor, is uh, is gonna. Well, they have this twenty five dollar gift certificate they've given us to give away, and so uh, it's good until the end of September, but not on the weekend. So it's a it's a weekday thing. Anyway, five five six nine six nine six is the number if you want to talk to us and tell us something fascinating. And you can't be the fascinating gourmet. Mike has gotten that now. But um, but if you want to tell us something interesting, we would love to uh, give you one of those gift certificates. Tom, uh, who is Earl Holloman? Earl Holloman. Earl Holloman. TV star and animal lover Earl Holloman was born today in 1928. He came here once to promote spaying and neutering of pets, and you had lunch with him at Antoine's. Mm. <laughs> and you said, why you? You don't know. Yeah, that's my question. Why you? He must have, he must have heard about you or something. I don't know, I don't know when that would have been. Maybe in the 90s or something? I don't, know. I don't I don't know who that is. Today is also the birthday of Harry Connick Jr. Oh, these good news. Now that's know? not that's not a food thing. He's just from here, I guess. I guess I guess your rule is not hard and fast, Tom. It doesn't have to absolutely have something to do with food unless it's got something to do with what you like, which would be Frank Sinatra. Let's go to who do we have? Evie. Evie. 
<gasps> I'd love to talk about cheese straws. Come on in, Evie. Oh, I love them. I used to make them. And okay. uh, I'd like to know, is there uh, a place in the city, in New Orleans, that makes them and I could get them from? Well, you know what? I'm going to say that you're just not going to believe, but the cheese straws at Whole Foods are pretty good. Have you had those? Really? No, I haven't. Yeah, yeah they're pretty good. Okay, um, I'll try that. Yeah, there's also a, <clears throat> let's see, I think it's closed now. There was a, um, there was a place on uh, Chapatulas. It was a men's store. Morton Goldberg, is that it, maybe? Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. They, are they still open? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they might, if they are, they served, uh, I mean, they would sell a $20 tin of, um, they're, they're very well known in Mississippi. They come from Mississippi. Okay. Uh, and I don't remember the name of it, but it's it's really good stuff. Also, are you familiar with Geraldine's at the store? No, no. Where is that? Gerald Geraldine's. I discovered because I'm crazy about cheese straws. But yeah, uh, Gerald. Yeah, Geraldine. Who is it? I mean, how, what's wrong? What What's not to love about a cheese straw? <laughs> um, but okay, uh, yeah, um, Geraldine's is this um, just basic run-of-the-mill, but very good, cheese straw that um, was made by this, it, it's, a, it's a company that was taken over by the granddaughter of the woman who, um, who made them. Geraldine was her name, obviously, and she would make them for all of her friends and her family, and then she died. And her granddaughter went to college and got a marketing degree and came back and said, you know, I'm going to find Ma's old cheese star recipe and we're going to do this. And it's a very successful company. They have a lot of different kinds of things. You can get this in the deli department at Rouse's for sure. I think Winn-Dixie also has them. I'm sure Doring X probably has them too. Oh, but, okay. um, but I would get the Chipotle ones because they've got a kick to them. <sighs> Those are the best ones. They've got, to, they've got to keep to them. Well, but, um, I, really, I really just want a basic one. You know, the old-fashioned. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, wait. Do you want the kick or you don't want the kick? And no, I by kick, I don't mean no. knock your pants off. I just mean like a little spice to it. Yeah. No, I just want basic. 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 Well, then get Geraldine's okay. regular cheddar cheese straws. Okay. Regular cheddar cheese straws. Don't get the Chipotle. You'll be satisfied with the regular cheddar cheese straws. Oh, well, that's great. That's great. Yeah, That'll be wonderful. Thank you, Robert. Okay, uh, take care. Thanks. I can wait. Bye. Uh, if there's anybody else. Right, five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. Do we have any other calls right now, Henry? I don't see any. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and take a break right now, and we'll be right back after these messages. Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught Des Almonds catfish. And the seafood boat, Carnival Time Lounge, has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304 one four six nine. 
I remember the day when someone at the radio station brought me a bottle of Cousin's salad dressing. It was made by a young couple in small batches, and it was delicious. I was proud to have them sponsor my show just as I am now, but the line has expanded since then to include an olive oil, an herb vinaigrette, fresh salsa, and blue cheese, as well as an original Creole tomato, a delicious dressing that also makes a great quick dip. Cousin's Salad Dressings, in the produce section at your favorite store, CousinsProducts.com. I've loved the Maple Street Cafe from the first time I walked into the place. Jamil Kutob turns out well-executed dishes that hint of the Mediterranean, but with a real New Orleans spirit. The grilled fish here is particularly excellent, but I have never had anything I didn't love. Call 314-9003 for their daily specials, which are exceptionally good and an exceptional value. Maple Street Cafe, 7623 Maple Street, Uptown. You make me feel so young. Yes, indeed. It is, uh, it's nice to feel young, isn't it? 5569696. I remember the first time I ever, like I said, I grew up very sheltered uh, in every way, but also culinarily. And um, I remember my brother, who was an architect, graduated from architecture school at Tulane. And um, <laughs> we were such bumpkins. So we all went to his graduation, and um, it was in the field house, and it was a lovely affair. It was a lovely, lovely affair. And I remember they had a bowl of these yellow sticks, and I tried, and I was like, wow, where has this been my whole life? If I could ever get the recipe for those cheese straws, that is the pinnacle that I've ever had. So everything else has been down, you know, sliding down the hill from there. But I mean, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to find a bad cheese straw. Who do we have, Henry? George. Is this George Copeland's George? Yes. How y'all doing? How you doing? Hey. Tom and Wait, what? How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Um, you know what? I, I tried to send you a Bistro Orleans gift card, but I don't know. Oh, I, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, but look, you have to give Henry, uh, I, I, your email came back, so um, so give okay. it to Henry. Oh, did you get my email? Did you get an email from me? No, I, I didn't get it, but I'll go ahead and give it to him again. I appreciate it. Give it to Henry again. And then, and then you have to, or you know what, better yet, forget the email, just give him your address, okay? And okay, then I cool. will send it out, all right? Okay. I definitely yeah, want to do um, that. Can I talk about a, a subject y'all was talking about two weeks ago? Of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, y'all was talking about livers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fried livers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, I used to work at the Pauline Connection. And they used to have some real good fried liver. I don't know if you remember. They had fried livers and they had this, like, uh, it, it was a sauce. It was a jelly. And it was green and it was spicy. And uh, I think they used to put jalapenos in there. Ooh. They used to squeeze out the jalapenos. But that was some pretty good uh, livers with that, with that jelly sauce that they had. Tom, do you remember a jelly sauce that was served with fried livers at the Praline Connection? Do you remember the Praline Connection? I couldn't believe that. 
Well, I'm sure it was good. I mean, it was. Uh, it's, I, I, whatever happened to them, George? Do you know? Well, um, uh, I saw Mr. Uh, Mr. Moore. Uh, I uh, uh, heard it more. I saw him about two years ago, and they had opened the Calling Connection Express right on Canal Street, right across from the VA hospital. Uh -huh. And uh, his wife has this pad, and uh, he had just started that little uh, Pauline Connection Express. And, like, within a year's time, the Pauline Connection was sold. Uh, I think it was sold to um, to some investor, and uh, he uh, went ahead and brought the Pauline Connection, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere on on Charter Street. And uh, within a few months' time, it, it, it closed down. And I think well, it had something to do with his wife passing because wow. um, they had started the business back in 90. I think that was May of 90, and I yeah. came on with them. I, used, well, I was one of the line cooks, and uh, they used to sleep at the place. I mean, they was like never home. They had bunk beds in the office, and for <laughs> years, I mean, he barely used to go home. And uh, you know he had well, the other connection you know, on charters was there for a long time, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought that was the years. original one. That's the original one, but you know he had one in the airport. He had another one at the convention center, and then uh, right after he he started the one in ninety, within a year's time, he had bought like a little warehouse out in the Marigny area. And uh, that's where they started making the Pauline. But it, he also used that as like a little, um, like a party place. If you wanted a party, uh, he'll go ahead and get the liquor. He'll go ahead and get the food. And uh, uh -huh. it was like a banquet place. Uh -huh. So he had a few uh, uh, little restaurants here, and they're all connected to the Pauline connection. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well. Yeah, I knew that he had spread out to the airport because I saw that one. And then all of a sudden it was gone, and I was just wondering, gosh, it's like it looked to me like it was yeah, going I, well. Yeah, I think that it has to do with his wife passing. Yeah. I think that he just said to get it. You know, yeah. I, when he told me that, I mean, I never saw him like that. I mean, he was like, hey, how you doing? I haven't seen him in a few years since I had moved out to Georgia. I just came back this morning anyway, and I did listen to y'all when I was in Georgia. I had a good success in Venice. But I think it was uh, because of that reason his wife passed. He just, you know, just hung it up. Well, sometimes that'll do it. You know? He didn't sometimes. need the money. You know, he, he had, yeah, right. you know, they had some money. Uh, yeah. They used to do real estate and, and whatnot, you know. Yeah. And another yeah. thing, uh, Marianne and uh, uh, Mr. Tom, y'all was talking about the uh, mile high, you know, yeah. the dessert. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did y'all ever get a chance to try the one at Copeland's? No. No. They had a mile high pie. They had a mile high pie there. Yeah, they used to make it from scratch at at at, at the restaurant back in the eighties. I don't know, uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Tom, does he remember that? Tom used to always say something about Al Copeland, and I think it's probably true. But he and it, and it's kind of it's kind of um, surprising. Because Tom used to always say that he, he copied everybody's ideas. But the truth of the matter was, he may have done that. <laughs> he may have done that. That's true. Yeah, but he also well, had a lot of brilliant ideas himself, you know? Yeah. Well, that was, that was the word 
that was the word about, I don't know how true it was with the Popeye's uh, recipe. You know, that's where he got the money. I mean, that's how he made it big. The Popeye's uh-huh. recipe, you know, but that was the word. That's been the word since like 40 something years, you know. But anyway, hey, he capitalized whatever happened. I mean, he was, uh, his pool back then at, at, at Copeland's, it, it was pretty good. I do have to, I worked in a lot of restaurants, but that, yeah. that food you was know, pretty think, good. And I think, I it's think coming he had back. a lot of great ideas. I think, I think his food's yeah, really good. I mean, it's, it's a really, it's a brilliant idea if you think about it. To make. But you know, um, uh, Marianne, it, you know, Al Copeland didn't stay local. I mean, he used to travel. I mean, he, you know, he had. Yeah. Restaurants in Atlanta, was it still in Atlanta, out in Georgia, North Carolina? I mean, yeah. he got around, you know. Yeah. So I think which that is, uh, which is how he, he could pick up all those real ideas. Good ideas. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, it worked. He, however, he got him. Uh, it, it was a hit. I know. No, I mean, I think I think his food, like I said, it was a brilliant idea to make to make the kinds of food that you see in places like, you know, Brennan's and Antoine's to make that food more accessible to people at a, at a price that they felt more comfortable with, even though it's really not cheaper, you know, to to make them like some people don't feel comfortable in fancy restaurants. So they could eat that kind of food in a more casual environment. I thought it was brilliant. You know, I did not know there was a mile high pie there. But Tom's still, you Tom's know what? still chuckling over the Cheesecake Factory. Here. You know, what was it? Copeland's Cheesecake Factory? He's still chuckling over that. Yeah. What, what were we going to say? I was just yeah, that he had that other one. Know it, but, but you I'm know, it's funny. It. it's funny because uh, y'all talk about these two restaurants, <laughs> Tom and, and, and yourself. And uh, But uh, I went to Georgia. I was up there for about six days. And I, I did a job for someone that I know. I, I, I paint houses and do, you know, maintenance work carpentry and all of that. So I did a little job for her and I said, uh, I was talking about New Orleans. She's like, George, I went to New Orleans. The last time I've been there was like 1970 something, over 40 years. And you know what that lady told me? She said, uh, you know what's right? I said, what, what, what did you do? She said, well, George, I remember these two restaurants that I went to, Brennan and Galatros. And I'm like, how in the world is he He's about 80 years old. How in the world do you remember that? So because those are like, well, I remember famous, going to Brennan's and they had like this little breakfast deal, you know, like a buffet. Oh, said, that's the brunch. They still have that. But it's something that over 40 years ago, she came here and she still remember those two names, those two restaurants. Well, those are famous restaurants. Do you know someone named Seal? Who? C-E-I-L, Seal. No. Okay. I was just wondering. Okay. Because you told me you were painting houses, and I thought that maybe she... I thought maybe well, I wish I did. <laughs> I, thought you had, I thought you had painted maybe from her house. All right, George. But, always but, you know, interesting. Uh, Marianne. Marianne, um, I used to paint uptown, and, and I left the note three, and when I came back, I left two years before Katrina. I've been back four years. Everybody... You know, network with other guys. I mean, just about everybody left. So I had to start all over again with my network down here. Most of the people just left. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. 
All right, well, I'm glad you found the show, and I'm glad you're still calling. I know you've been calling for many years, so glad you're still with us. Thank you very much. Always well, look, I'm going to make up for all I'm, I'm gonna start making up for all the years I didn't call. Okay, good, you here, good. Now, don't hang up. Feel free to read your address, okay? All right, y'all. Y'all right. have a good Take weekend. Care. All right, so uh, we just have a few minutes left if we don't have another caller. If anyone else is still thinking about cheese straws, I've got this recipe that I pulled out of, that fell out of the joy of cooking. And I'll, I'll spend the next minute or two giving it to you because as I recall, I got this recipe from, this might be, maybe I did get the recipe from that but that was a long time ago. That was like 45 years ago. So I can't imagine that I have this recipe from there. But someone gave me this particular cheese star recipe. And they're a pain to make, but oh, so good. Um, it's a, it's a one and a half cups of very sharp cheddar, a cup of all-purpose flour, three-fourths of a stick of cold butter, a half a teaspoon of salt, an eighth of a teaspoon of cayenne, you could probably do more if you wanted it more, and one and a half tablespoons of milk. And you combine all of those and you roll it out, and I use a pizza cutter when I make mine, and uh, you just bake the cheese straws. And I'm <laughs> You know, I'm probably going to do that this weekend, which I can't believe I'm saying because I've been so good the last few days. But I mean, it's hard to resist a cheese straw, you know. It's Friday, so enjoy the weekend. You know, that's, that's what you need to do more than anything else. Enjoy the weekend. If you would like to, if you would like to see the cheese straw recipe that I just gave, um, we're going to probably put it in the next newsletter, which will be uh, Tuesday. Speaking of which, the newsletter comes out twice a week. It is, uh, you can sign up for it at nomenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. Um, we have the news, not the newsletter, we have the website, nomenu.com, which is where you will find the podcasts if you are... Uh, wanting to tell your friends about the show, or if you missed one of the shows, you can get it on the food show on the website, the podcasts. We also have an Instagram, at the New Orleans Menu. We'd love for you to follow us. We work very hard to make pretty pictures for people to follow us, so you can also sign up on Instagram, at the New Orleans Menu. I don't know if I mentioned the two-time-a-week newsletter. You can sign up. We, we did something different with the newsletter. We, um, we used to have a free newsletter and then a paid newsletter, and then we dumped the free newsletter. And then we put the free newsletter back on just today for the next couple of months. So I've gotten a lot of emails about that. Oh, it's back. Well, it's, it's back but we're doing that to encourage you to subscribe to the newsletter. So two times a week it comes out. It's full of uh, Tom's vintage pieces, which are really interesting and historical. It's got things that are happening around town called the Daily Specials, and um, the Dining Diary is there as well, plus a bunch of other things. So um, you should definitely 
uh, try to sign up for the newsletter if you can. That's that nomenu.com. Uh, I do a, my own podcast, which is called Emmy, the Story Lady, E-M-M-I-E, the Story Lady. And uh, it is on Anchor, Spotify, and those kinds of platforms. It's uh, me reading classic children's tales to kids. It's my little passion on the side, and, uh, and I really uh, enjoy it. It's, it's when I say classic kids, I like my tricks, fairy tales. Uh, last but not least, um, it's time for the Dine, Wine, and Spirit Show with Tim McNally. He comes up right after us every single time that we do it, and uh, hopefully you will join him. He talks, I think, more about wine than we do, but, and we talk more about food. But it's kind of a continuation of the same thing. If you love the pleasures of fine dining and, and the wines and things that accompany that, uh, he's got that all for you right after this. And we are done for the evening and for the week. Um, we hope you'll be back with us uh, next Monday. We're here 2 to 4 every weekday. Good night, everyone. Want to hear more than just the same sports topics about the same sports teams? Then tune into All Season Long with me, Sean Ross, Thursdays at 1 p.m. right here on WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. President Trump's comments in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, the president calling those aboard United Flight 93 true heroes for their actions on September 11th.